In a moment on Radio 4, it'll be time for another continuity announcement. But first, here's a programme. Hello, this is Mike Flex, and welcome to Radioactive's Radio Radio programme. Now, each week we'll be using the medium of radio to look at different aspects of radio on the radio. How radio works, why radios work, what works on the radio, and what radio works have been done on the radio which work. <laughs> also, Martin Brown will be going behind the mic to talk to the people behind the mic. <laughs> and then he'll be coming in front of the mic to talk to the people behind the mic. We'll be hearing listeners' complaints from our radio box. Why is this box so small and why is it painted such a gloomy colour? <laughs> and we'll be playing plenty of extracts from old programmes, partially because we're going to review them, but mostly because it's much cheaper than having to make lots of new programmes. <laughs> but let's first meet our guest reviewers and experts... Aubrey Bumpington, retired physicist and sculptor whose exhibition of stained concrete work can be seen at the Refredo Tortellini Alapana Gallery until November the 22nd. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Richard Barron, author of both Goodbye Mum, the new Granada television situation comedy with Molly Sugden, and last week's moving play about euthanasia. Goodbye Mum. <laughs> and finally, Annabelle Lever. Hello. Right, Richard, let's uh, start with you. Yeah. What do you think about the trend at the moment for media shows about the media? Well, frankly, I think there's far too many of them. As I said the other day on the media show, mm -hmm. and the week before that on TVS's The Television Show, I mm. think. <laughs> mm. Aubrey, uh, what do you think about what Richard has just said? Well, I liked it. Uh, it was well argued, delivered with great clarity, and it had just the right amount of verbs and nouns. <laughs> Annabelle, do you agree with Aubrey? Well, I've always been a great fan of Aubrey's, but I was disappointed, I'm afraid. I think the opportunity was there for him to be a little more critical, but mm. for me, well, it just didn't quite seem to come across. Hmm. All right, Aubrey, let's uh, turn to this week's Radioactive's Radio Radio programme and look at the comment we've just heard from Annabelle. Well, it was much too long, I felt, mm. and uh, <laughs> so I think she allowed herself to intrude a little too much on the subject, but all in all, a marvellous first effort. Mm. Well, there we have to leave it for the moment, I'm afraid, because it's time for the first of our special features. What do you think of my remark just then, Annabelle? Well, I thought it brought the conversation to an end very well, and I particularly liked your final word. Splendid. Program. <laughs> Well, as part of his show this week, Mike Channel went out and about to ask people in the street what sort of radio programmes they listen to. Unfortunately, as his programme is at four o'clock in the morning, there wasn't anyone on the street to ask. <laughs> so instead, here he is, trying it again now. Uh, hello, I'm asking people what sort of radio they like listening to. Uh, Hitachi, I think. <laughs> uh, I mean, what's your favourite station? Uh, Paddington, probably. <laughs> Uh, madam, what do you like listening to on the radio? Well, I like Gardener's Question Time, uh, down your way, the Sunday morning service, and if I'm in on Friday, there's a well-crucial hip-hop rap-and-scratch remix session by the Grand Master Funk on Caroline. Right. Excuse me, uh, do you listen to a radio station? No, I'm a radio too, listener. Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, can I ask you what sort of radio programmes you like to hear? Yeah, well, I like all of them, which, um, you know, them shows where they like what have the pub public member people talking. Uh, why is that? Well, of course, you know, like they always talk like sort of a lot more what's-its than all the others who is, you know, how your father like types, you know what I mean? No, I'm afraid I haven't the faintest idea. Radio, radio programme. What's it all about? Tell me. I want to know. 
Yeah, the radio, radio program. What's it all about? I'll tell you. Radio. Ow. Ow! Oh, clumsy. Mmm, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> well, one of the worries among broadcasters at the moment is the possible decline of professional standards that might be caused by the coming deregulation of the airwaves. Well, that's something that uh, at Radioactive we have no worries about because our own professional standards have already declined as far as they can get in the shape of our own Martin Brown. <laughs> and today he's been let loose on another one of his celebrity interviews. Martin Brown Celebrity Interview. Um, well, now, um, I'm, uh, this is uh, me, Martin uh, Brown. This is... Um, here, and I'm going to be talking to one of the best-known faces on radio, um, not to say voices on television. Um, will you welcome John Peel? Hello. <laughs> Who are you? Hello, um, uh, hello, J John. Uh, nice of you to come along. Now, now, John, um, Peel. Uh, starting with, uh, starting with one or two facts about you. You're, you're known, of course, for your jolly upbeat style and all the funny voices you do on your show, aren't you? Uh, no. <laughs> oh no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I've still got the notes I made when we were trying to get Kenny Everett. <laughs> okay, and 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 you're the brother of Emma Peel, are you? No. Oh, no, no, no. And, uh, and you're a disc jockey? No, no, no. I'm a horse jockey, actually. A horse jockey? Um, oh, dear. No, 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 no. I'm a disc jockey. Oh, right. Uh, a disc jockey and a horse jockey. That's amazing. No, no, no. no. I'm not a horse jockey at all. I'm a disc jockey. It was a joke. Hey. A, a joke. Oh, right. Yes, yes. In, uh, you're very amusing. Thank you very much indeed. Turning to, to your job as a disc jockey, uh, you must have lots of amusing stories about disasters in the studios. <laughs> no, no, not really. <laughs> I have. Yeah. <laughs> I rather thought you might have. Yes. <laughs> what is it? What's the matter? Uh, horse jockey. <laughs> Anyway, so it, it seems, John, that, that in many ways, as disc jockeys, there are lots of similarities between us. Well, yes, uh, you could say that we both take risks. Mm. Uh, I take risks with new bands, and uh, you take risks by putting your fingers in the main socket like that. Oh! Oh, oh that's why I keep being suddenly thrown across the studio in the middle of my show. Now, 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 John, I, I expect, like me, you don't just do your radio show. You also do quite a few discos and private functions. A few. Yes, and, and what do you find usually gets people dancing? Uh, the waltz or the foxtrot? Mm, well, I, I don't usually play foxtrots. No? No, no, with me it's, it's a few cha-chas, a couple of rumbas, and end on Al Martino singing Spanish Eyes. <laughs> really? No, 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 not really. It was another joke. All oh, right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, I'll, I'll be talking to you later, but for now, I, I'd like to give you this jingle that I've made specially for your show. I'll just play it for you now. John Peel, he's the man that appeals. <laughs> And in, in return, I wonder if you could just sing this jingle for my show that I've written for you. This one? Yes. And if you could make it nice and jolly. Right. 
I quite like Martin Brown. Yeah, that's marvellous. <laughs> Well done, Martin. Getting better, I thought. Now, if I, uh, if I could just turn to our guest in the studio today, Aubrey Bumpington, what have you been listening to this week? I've been listening to some quite excellent concerts of Schubert's Volksleader uh, every evening at half past eight. And what was that on, Radio 3? I know it was on my record player. I uh, <laughs> listen to it every night instead of the radio. I see. Well, Richard Barron, you're the author of Radio Into the Seventies, uh, which came out last year. <laughs> And in it, you recommend the selling off of the BBC to private companies and the nationalisation of the independent networks to form a company called the BBC. <laughs> what would be the point of that? Absolutely none. No, as I thought. Yeah. Right, thanks very much. <laughs> well, uh, in it, anyway, Richard, you mentioned the growth of community radio, which you say has sprung up all over the inner cities. And we have an illustration of what you mean in this clip from a newly set up community station... Radio 37 Acacia Avenue, London, SW9. Hmm, get down. Hello, you're listening to Radio 37 Acacia Avenue, broadcasting right across the living room and up the stairs. My name's Malcolm Burrows, I live here. And now, here are this morning's news headlines. Mother cooking scrambled eggs in kitchen. Jenny's still not down yet and in danger of missing her bus. Milk not yet arrived, so long life carton opened. And toast burnt. <laughs> Main stories behind those headlines at the top of the hour. But now, a quick look at the weather. Hmm. <laughs> hmm, still drizzly. <laughs> Traffic news. There's still heavy congestion around the bathroom, with queues stretching back to the airing cupboard. On the tube, the signal's been squeezed from the wrong end again, and all the toothpaste down the bottom. And in the air, there's still that smell of burnt toast mixed with Richard's new aftershave. <laughs> but now some music. And this one's been requested by Richard, who says, Please can I hear my birthday present again? So here you are, son. From the artist of the same name, it's Phil Gabrielisis. Yes, I'll screw you to the wall But there's one thing I can't do And that one thing is this I can't tell the difference between Phil Collins and Genesis I can be your electric blanket When you want your tootsies warm Let's do 
Welcome back. Richard Barron. Mm, yeah? Nothing really, I just thought I'd wake you up. <laughs> well, you can go back to sleep now, because it's time for one of Anna Dapter's special features. And this time she's seeing how the news and the weather are put together every evening to make the news and weather. Well, a hive of activity here. All the phones seem to be ringing. Uh, those are the stories coming into the six o'clock news, are they, Tony? Uh, no, those are the complaints coming in from the five o'clock news. Um, but I'm afraid our typewriter keeps missing out the letter L, and it was an item about public schools. Ah, <laughs> oh, I understand. Yeah, people are phoning up to say that they don't know what public schools are. <laughs> but, uh, I'm afraid it's all a bit noisy, but if you'd like to come through into my office, uh, you'll see it's even noisier. But if, if we go through the bulletin room where all the news comes in... Yeah, I think you'll find it's a bit quieter. And what happens here? Well, news bulletins come up on the teleprinter, mm -hmm. and one of our sub-editors will come in and tear it off and bring it to me. Uh -huh. uh, I will then take a look at it, see that it hasn't got anything written on it, and tend to go back and tear off the piece with a news story on it. And presumably you use Reuters? Yeah, we use Reuters. They <laughs> write stories and then I... <laughs> common, you know. Yes. And uh, how do you then decide on the order to place the items in the news broadcast? Well, it's all a question of what weight we put on any particular story, you see. For example, if it's a very important story stretching to quite a few pages, then we use this big weight here. That's Ooh. it. That's the only thing that will stop the pages from flying all around the office. Oh, damn, that must be the complaints starting to come in about our item of the Duke of Bedford's enormous clock. <laughs> Now to someone who's become a bit of a household name recently with radioactive listeners, a Francis Sink Disposal Unit, who is our new weatherman. That's right, and even though it may be cold and damp outside, I like to bring a ray of sunshine into everyone's morning, if I possibly can. <laughs> do you really? So, what sort of qualifications do you have to be a weatherman? Well, I've played a lot of the northern clubs. Now, how does this help being a weatherman? Well, it helps you with the one-liners at the end of the forecast and uh, with your first few chat shows, of course. Good. So, how does one go about forecasting the weather? Uh, I'm not sure, really. Uh, you need to ask a meteorologist for that. I'm more on the witty one-liner side of the weather forecasting. So, where do you see yourself going from here, then? Well, to the bar, probably, and then home. I'm sorry, I, I thought you said you were on the witty one-liner side of weather forecasting. Yeah. Well, you could have fooled me. Engineers, program planners, financiers, you'll hear them all to a man on the radio. The radio. Or oh, <laughs> 
Hmm. Aubrey Bumpington, um, you've been monitoring the two world services on radio, uh, broadcast from Washington in the USA and from Moscow. Uh, what conclusions have you come to? Well, there is an essential difference between the way uh, news items are reported on Radio Moscow and on the Voice of America, as it's called. I take this clip of a news story about President Reagan on Voice of America. It was today revealed by officials at the White House that President Reagan did not in any way authorize the sale of arms to the Iranian government. No, compare that with the way Radio Moscow chose to report it. <laughs> no, I don't know if you noticed, but two almost entirely different languages. In many respects, can be regarded as being the major distinguishing feature. There is a service of Radio Moscow in English, though, isn't there? Well, there is. Is there? Yes. <laughs> yes, there yes, is, there is. Yes. And uh, I'm afraid if it is directed at us, then their service is frankly rather poor. And why is that? Well, there are virtually no traffic reports of any use. Uh, their time checks are constantly three hours out, and their <laughs> coverage is absolutely abysmal. In fact, there is none. Well, thank you for approaching your subject with such an open mind, Aubrey. And such a closed brain. Now it's the time for... Hit it! A commercial break! New biological RAS is being tested all over the country, and I'm going to talk to Gene from Harlow. Hello, Gene. <laughs> How have you found new biological RAS? Hang on a minute, I'll get her. <laughs> Hello? Hello, Gene. How have you found new biological RAS? Oh, Wonderful. I washed my husband's pyjamas. They're always covered in blood, of course. And my uh, daughter's underwear, well, they're always caked. Yes, so, uh... Gene, <laughs> how, how do you find new biological rags? Oh, marvellous! So, would you swap your packet of new biological rags for two packets of ordinary washing powder? Yes. Not even if I offer... What did you say? <laughs> yes, of course I would. Well, they're worth twice as much. What? What are you going to do, then? Pour it down the telephone? Well, new biological rags worth half as much as two packets of washing powder. <laughs> Obviously. At last, they've done it. The people from Wong have now invented the ultimate personal computer. Like most personal computers, it's compact, efficient, and has a full-size keyboard. But the Wong personal computer has something more. It talks. It talks to you personally. Hello, I am the Wong personal computer. <laughs> Blimey, your breath really stinks. <laughs> Brush your teeth. Look at the state of you. You look like a bus hit you. Well, Spotty, do you want to do some work or not? Are you going to sit around... The one personal computer. The only one that gets really personal. Hello. I'm an actress. You probably recognise me from all the commercials I do. And you probably think to yourself... How does she keep her skin so soft? And also, if she's an actress, how come I never see her in anything other than Cammy commercials? Well, that's the secret. If the only jobs you get were commercials for soap, your skin would be smooth and silky too. Become an out-of-work actress is the secret of soft skin. Radioactive, Radio 1, Radio Moscow, Radio Bon, Radio This, Radio That, Radio Tit, Radio Tat. From Radio
Let's go, Radio Bloody bracket. It's Norman Tonsil here. As chairman of Radioactive, I must say I can't praise some of the programmes on this station highly enough. Certainly not highly enough to warrant keeping them on the air. And so I intend making some sweeping changes. Uh, following the recent ratings figures, Nigel Pry's 9.45 Tea Time show will be brought forward to 5 o'clock so that the title makes sense. And Nigel himself will be brought forward to a microphone so that people can hear what he's saying. Uh, lunchtime favourite Anna Dapter is going to be moved from the canteen to a studio. That way she'll be forced to actually stop eating for an hour or two. And Mike Channel's programme at 4am on a Sunday is to be replaced by a recording of the speaking clock, which uh, an opinion poll carried out amongst listeners suggested that would be slightly more interesting. And finally, Ivan Vinstra's programme Letter from Oslo is to be scrapped, as he obviously didn't understand that we were expecting a weekly report and not simply the repetition of a different letter from the word Oslo. Of which there are only three, anyway. Hear what's behind the radio by listening to the radio show, which tells you all you want to know of what's behind the radio, the radio, the radio, the radio, the radio. What's behind the radio, 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 radio program? Television. Television figures largely in most people's lives, and one of the most successful experiments in broadcasting this year must have been what, Annabel Lever? What? No, that's what I said. <laughs> well, I'm sure uh, we all take radio for granted in these modern times, but how exactly are people in their homes able to hear what I'm saying now in this studio? Aubrey Bumpington, you have a degree in physical engineering. How does radio work exactly? Well, uh, put simply, what happens is people turn on their radios and your voice comes out of the loudspeakers. Yes. Could you put it a little less simply, do you think? Uh, yes, I could say it in Polish, if you like. Mm. Uh, no, I mean, how are the noises in this studio transmitted to thousands of homes? Well, you put your finger on it there when you said alpha waves, because that's exactly how they are transmitted, um, in alpha waves. Uh, hmm? I, I'm sorry, I didn't say alpha waves. Didn't you? No. Oh, well, perhaps it was me then that said alpha wit. Oh, there you are, so it was. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, these constantly modulating sound patterns, as you put it, are sent uh, through the air and picked up by the receivers in our radio. Sorry, I, I never said constantly modulating sound patterns either. Yes, you did. Well, I did just then, yes, but uh, you said it first. Well, I'm an expert. Mm. Anyway... <laughs> The radio receiver turns these sound waves into noises, and as the French would say, there you have it. Instant reproduction. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, the French wouldn't say, there you have it. What? The French would say, voila. Yes, they would indeed. <laughs> Why do you keep attributing things to people that they never say? Well, thank you, Anna. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> what has? Hmm? Well, I think we'd better call it a day there. If you want to be thought real cool, if you don't want to be thought a fool, if you want to know what's what, then you better tune into the radio, radio program. Yes, you're listening to the radio, radio program. Annabelle Lever, you've been dismayed by some of the things you've heard on local radio recently, haven't you? Have I? Yes, in particular, a new phone-in program hosted by Brian Haight rather too aggressively, you thought. Who did I? And we can hear a clip of that now. Oh, I never heard of it. Yes, next caller, please. Brian, I was listening to your caller on the subject of the YTS. The... The youth training scheme. Yes, that's better. I don't really think you can expect people to understand what you're talking about if you use abbreviations that you haven't at first explained. No. Sorry. 
Well, as I was saying about the youth training scheme... Yes, the youth training scheme. Well, I think they're a good idea because they create jobs which might otherwise not exist. Yes, well, that doesn't actually answer any of the points that he made, does it? So it doesn't appear that you were listening properly, or maybe you're simply deaf, but in any case, your argument is a rather stupid one, and you also sound fat and ugly as well. So let's not waste any more time talking to obese monstrosities <laughs> and take our next call, which is from Harry. Hello, Brian. I'd like to disagree with your argument in favour of sanctions against South Africa. Well, you can't simply disagree with my argument unless you have no brain. Well, well I do disagree with it. Well, then that proves you have no brain, <laughs> and phoning up this programme only highlights your brainless condition. <laughs> Oh, I see. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. Next is Marjorie. Yes, hello, Warren. I'd like to agree with you. What? Well, I'd like to agree with everything you said. Well, what do you mean by agree, exactly? Well, I think you're absolutely right. Bugger. Uh, next <laughs> is Roger. Hello, Brian. Uh, I'd like to say that you are the most pig-headed, self-opinionated prat of a broadcaster I've ever had the misfortune of listening to. Are we related in some way? <laughs> No. That sounded familiar, that's all. Uh, well, that's a fair point, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to press this button, uh, which sends an electric current down the line, causing you a mild but fatal electric shock. <laughs> new idea of mine. Thank you very much, Brian. If you call it a wireless or you call it a tranny, if you tune the sport or shows in Hindustani, if you call it AM or you call it M, listen to the radio, radio program. Well, it's time to turn our attention back to our problems, and in particular, Martin Brown, <laughs> who many listeners have written in to suggest should be banned. Unfortunately, when we told Martin this, he misunderstood and thought they were suggesting he should be in a band, as a result of which he's formed a rock group with the cleverly named title of The Martin Brown Band. <laughs> Don't know how he thought of that. Anyway, here he is, in session yesterday, recording a track for The John Peel Show on Radio 1 which, for some reason, John saw fit to leave out of his programme. <laughs> OK, that's fine for level on guitars. Can I just hear the drums? Yeah. OK, can I hear the vocals? Hello, testing one, two. <laughs> Is that the level you're going to be at? Uh, well, I can raise the piano stool up a bit, if you like. <laughs> I meant the level you're singing at. No, no I'll, I'll be a bit louder. Well, uh, can you give me a bit of that level, then? All right. Hello, one, two, three, testing! Was that all right? Was, was that all right? Hello, this is the second engineer. I'm afraid our first engineer had to go to see the nurse. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, would you like to see me? Uh, no, I don't think so. don't think we want to risk him losing his sight as well as his hearing. Uh, perhaps you'd just like to play the number through. All right, then. OK, everyone. One, two, three... Whole lot of shaking going on. Ooh, uh, coming over, baby. Whole lot of shaking going on. Shake it, baby. Shake it. Shake it, baby. Shake it. Yes, yes. Yeah, Martin, you, you seem to be playing a different song to the rest of the band. Am I? 
Yeah, you're playing a whole lot of shaking and they're playing the House of the Rising Sun. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't notice. So why don't you play what they're playing? Oh, OK, right. Um, one, two, one, I'm sorry, I don't know it. <laughs> All right, why don't they play a whole lot of shaking? No, they don't know that. <laughs> Is there anything that you do all know? Yes, yes, there, there, there's one of my own compositions, yes. Well, let's hear that then. Okay, um, right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That means I love you. <laughs> That's it, is it? Yes. What do you think? Tell you what, why don't the band play The House of the Rising Sun and you play a whole lot of shaking? Radioactive was performed by Helen Atkinson Wood, Angus Deaton, Geoffrey Perkins, Philip Pope and Michael Fenton-Stevens with special guest John Peel. Song by Steve Brown and Philip Pope. The programme was written by Angus Deaton and Geoffrey Perkins with additional material from Michael Fenton-Stevens. The producer was David Tyler. Radioactive would like to remind listeners that this coming Sunday it will be splitting frequencies. For a stereo, tune your right-hand speaker to 99.4 VHF and your left-hand speaker to 548 metres AM and place your ears 14 feet apart. (laughs) 